Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Dublin Tech Talks. Uh, joined today by Simone Crowley uh, and uh, Jared Fitzgerald, um, VP of uh, Product Design at WorkHuman and newly appointed, congratulations, uh, Design Ops Manager. So, um, yeah, great to have you here. Really just kind of keen to promote different disciplines within technology. Um, I think there's a lot of research, you know, around automation and AI and how, you know, the, the future of, uh, you know, the, the human role in technology is, you know, leaning towards the creative and that's away from the programmatic. Um, so, yeah, I guess just if you want to introduce yourselves, tell us about the work you do, maybe, you know, what is product design? I think everyone jumps on the design word, but in yeah. the context of a product organization, a software organization, what's the role of product design? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, first of all, my name is Jer. I'm the vice president of product design at WorkHuman, and I've been at the company for 10 years. I uh, just gone past last November there, which has been quite a journey. Uh, it's been incredible. And um, we have 44 designers, I want to say, on the product design team, and it's split across a number of different areas, right? So we have uh, UX and UI. We have research, uh, design ops, which is Simone has stepped into lead, vision and strategy and branding. So that kind of encapsulates product design at WorkHuman. Uh, but specifically, I describe product design as the practice where we're trying to solve problems for users. So thinking about the end-to-end -end design process, right from conceiving the idea, understanding what the requirements are, following that all the way through the, the full process to iteration, to testing, uh, and then effectively releasing that. Uh, and I think a really important part of product design is around thinking about not just the end user experience, but from a business perspective. As designers working within the organization, how are we driving the goals of the business and the strategy of business as well? So it's kind of a conduit between the user needs and the business needs and, and merging them together. Um, and then yeah. the collaboration with engineering, I guess, is is crucial there, right? And it's and it's like uh, it's being at the front of those conversations so that you can influence decisions earlier, I guess, because, you know, I can suspect the user may take you want to take in one direction where you know the engineering team may have a different plan in place at that stage yeah absolutely i mean i think even within work human like we there was a time when the team used to be um isolated if you like away from the actual development teams and mm. the product team so we used to have our own little area our own little corner in the office and that's where the design team would sit but now we're distributed across all of the teams. So each designer, each UX and UI designer sits within their own development team. Mm. So they're working so closely with the likes of engineering. They're working really closely with product as well. Um, and that forms a really good relationship and understanding and collaboration around what they're actually trying to achieve. So mm. that's the way we, we switched that up, I would say now about five or six years ago, and it's worked really well. And we've seen so many organizations as well within the industry start to shift towards a model like that as mm. well. And is it a good entry point? Because you know, if we think of access for for women into technology careers, and you know, less uh, less of an interest perhaps in um, school goers, yeah, secondary school um, women, in terms of hard coding and you know, heavy maths kind of disciplines, engineering dis disciplines. What, what's the like when you're looking at talent? Maybe Simone, you could jump in here as well. Like, what are the considerations? Is it the creativity and design aspect? Like, wh what's the role of technology and an interest in being part of a technology organization in, you know, how someone might think about a career in, in this area? Yeah, we've had, like, what's really interesting working, we've had actually a lot of internal mobility changes as well. So we've had um, a lot of 
uh, interest, let's say, from other departments in the organization, but joining the product design team, there's been a real curiosity and an interest around what we do. And I think a lot of that as well has spurred from some of the events that we ran with Design Fest and so on within, within the organization. So we've definitely seen that. And I think a lot of that has to do with how you're advocating for design, mm. not, not just within the organization, but outside the organization as well. So we've seen a lot of them. Um, we've I think we've had three or four uh, females within WorkHuman from other departments like operations, uh, from HR, that have actually gone back to study design mm. um, after having a real, like, you know, want to join the team and want to get into product design. And they're just flourished ever since uh, they've joined. And it's just been an incredible journey to actually see them, um, you know, on that on that kind of journey. So it's been really cool. And what was your career path into? Um, yeah, so I can speak to that. So I'd be kind of technically minded. I think, um, you know, I've got a diploma in web development. Mm -hmm. um, I code. Um, I started out, I studied animation years and years ago. So there was no such thing as software product design back then. Mm -hmm. So um, I did 2D hand-drawn animation out in Dunleary. And then I kind of found my way into e-learning. So I learned HTML, learned uh, when CSS came out, then learned CSS. And I kind of got into flash animation that way mm -hmm. um, and, and coded and that. So from that, um, I did kind of exactly what some of those other women did. I retrained. Um, okay. I got interested in UX. Um, I worked as a graphic designer, worked as a web designer, worked in print, worked in many jobs, did motion graphics. So, yeah, I kind of find my way into to software that way. It, it's funny, actually, just as Simone was talking there, my, my background's not design at all. It's engineering. Like I, I studied engineering in college and when I left, I worked at IBM for a year and I was doing some programming. But I'd always had a huge interest in design. So I was kind of self-taught from from early on in college. I was messing around with like design applications. And then when, when I kind of left college, then I kind of went into that area myself. But from a technical perspective, I have a more technical background, mm. but I did. Um, in, in tech than I didn't design, but then obviously evolved as we went. And do you think so? Is is it uh, would it, like like diversity counts for everything, right? In terms of better teams, better outcomes. Do you think a mix of technical, you know, disciplines and backgrounds, and then creative that that's important? As hundred percent, yeah. Even when you think about the team that we have, we're forty four on a team. They come from so many different backgrounds. Like we've some who come from more agency like backgrounds. Mm -hmm. We've some that are more technical. We've some that are more focused on UI. Obviously, more focused. Some are focused on research and the psychology around that. So. You really, when you bring a whole team together like that with really strong insights and skills, respectively, uh, it's really beneficial for the team uh, and and obviously what we're trying to what we're trying to do as a as a as a company as well. Uh, yeah. uh, sorry, Simone, it actually ties in nicely. We're going to be talking with Anthony Quigley, who who was a founder of the UX Institute, which where you went back to train. Did you find it easier as a professional then to kind of re-engage with education that way, or? You know, would you have done that if you had to leave work and do it full time? Yeah, so I actually I did an advanced research course there, but I did um, uh, fundamentals out in Dunleary. I okay, did yeah. kind of almost a master's level out there. Um, so, yeah, I found it. Um, I really wanted to go back full time, but obviously you can't afford yeah. that when you're working. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I found it was, it was really tough. Like it was very heavy on... Um, I suppose reading, like there was a lot of, uh, there was a thesis and there was all sorts of we had to do, a dissertation. Oh, I don't want to hear those words. I was thinking this, we had a, an access route into this, but you've you just, uh, you've reeled it out there. <laughs> yeah, and coming from animation, like I did for my uh, degree, I made a film. Yeah. So, and like a very small dissertation. So it was very new to me to mm. be back kind of studying. And um, I found it quite difficult, um, but I really enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed the subject matter, enjoyed the course out there, the teacher. 
Um, and we did lots of group projects, which is really good for UX as well, um, just to kind of be involved. We did lots of re user research. And then I had been working, so I had work experience as well. So I was working um, in a mobile app where we used to have users come in every Tuesday. Um, I had a great mentor there and um, she taught me like a lot of the stuff that I know. And then I moved um, into different jobs. So, mm. yeah, so it was good. That's interesting because I was thinking, you know, when you think of, say, a designer, you mentioned, you know, web design or graphics or animation. So w when you look at the skill set across like uh, a product design team, like a smaller organization, I suspect would have to have you know, multi-skilled people who can do bits of everything. As um, we, and we'll come on to scale and how you, how you have to put some structure around uh, a, a product design operation as you scale. But um, like, I, I, it can't just be all the fun design work, right? There's process, documentation, <laughs> you know, structure, right? It's like, or do you have people who, you know, lean into those skills and then people who, who you know, pick up the pieces and yeah, make it work. Yeah, absolutely. Like. Some people love documentation. They absolutely live for it. <laughs> You're <laughs> so, talking to them. So, yeah, yeah, me included. Very well, I love design ops. Um, some people just love it. Um, but there are like, there are different skills, like obviously with like over 40 people and um, we have a range of skills and we have a community of practice as well where we kind of share our skills and we do knowledge sharing and we chat about it. And, you know, it's trying to, you know, help people who maybe don't like documentation mm. so much like show them how you do it do you know that way so it's a lot of it is kind of teaching each other and learning off each other it was it, when, I th <laughs> when I think back to 2012 when I joined working it was a little bit like the wild west like it's just a small <laughs> team and you're just kind of like you know you're kind of making it up as you kind of go and you're trying to figure stuff out but obviously as you mature the company matures the team matures you have to pull in the rigor you have to put in the processes uh, because that's what keeps the team together keeps the team stable keeps us delivering the content we need to deliver so um yeah that's what so really, yeah, really good point. So just as as a kind of precursor to talking about scale and systems that you might need to have in place. So you, you've recently taken on a new role, which is yeah. design ops. Seems to be a trend, right? Sticking ops, <laughs> sticking ops on the end. Um, but what, what does that mean and why is that needed, particularly as organizations start to scale? And maybe there's someone in a product design role at the moment, you know, thinking about where to go next. And is it just a more senior lateral or linear move up a channel or, you know, what, what is this area and why, why should people be researching it. Yeah, well, it's a very new discipline for me. Mm. Um, I remember when Jair um, asked me to, to head up the department, I, I might have had a little bit of a freak <laughs> yeah. out. A bit of imposter syndrome kicks in because it's very new to me. Mm. Um, and the way I tackled that is like I tackle it with any design um, problem, like I research it. So I went, I, I did a course um, with NNG and they'd be kind of, you know, one of the top, um, the top, I suppose, people for that. Um, and then I looked into you know, how do you bring that as, as your scale, as you say, like, how do you bring that into the operation? So it's, it's talking to everyone. Like I, I did some some online research as well. I was watching lots of YouTube videos that are out there. Um, and a lot of people were saying um, to do like a listening tour to kind of just actually talk to everyone on the team to kind of see what the issues are, where the opportunities are. Um, just even like a skills mapping exercises, which I'm which I'm doing as well with the listening towards like a discovery tour, just chatting to everyone and just mm. understanding fundamentally that baseline of where we are, um, and then how we can support them. And what are the principles? Like what what are the outcomes that you're trying to impact with a yeah. role like this in a yeah. in a scaling org? Yeah, so be communication, like transparency to to the team, making sure everyone like understands where where they are, like in the strategy where they. They, you know, overall, the whole product and the platform where they stand, that community practice that we just spoke about. So, you know, skills training, making sure, you know, we're talking to each other and um, breaking down silos 
Um, we're also looking at, you know, metrics, design maturity, trying to understand, like, you know, getting that consistency of design, you know, getting the design process, making sure everyone in different product areas are, are kind of, <laughs> I suppose, on the same page. Like it's, it's, it's very different in different there's products. A, there's areas, a big list of things. Yeah. The remit of design remit. is massive. Like, so when we were discussing the role towards the end of last year, we kind of had to really think about, okay, well, what is it we're trying to drive? What are the outcomes we're trying to achieve? Mm. But we had to be very specific about what's realistic in yeah. Q1 and Q2. And we have a plan in place. And we have a roadmap for how we're going to roll it out. Mm. But um, yeah, like you need to be really disciplined like that because otherwise it's just going to be overwhelming. Mm. Um and is that a consequence of people being embedded into different teams? So they're they're being pulled in different directions. Is it about like corralling everything and making sure that you know you're not losing any of that shared knowledge in the team because people are out, you know, in different product areas? Is that part yeah? Of it? it is in, in a bit because really one of the main kind of like missions, if you like, of design ops is to let designers design, and mm -hmm. that's what they're focused on, and take away a lot of the distractions that just come with the day-to-day -day operations of managing the team and making the team function. You yeah. know, like Samal was saying around the community of practice and around our tools and our processes. But also if you have somebody leading that, there's consistency then that's brought in, there's ownership, mm. there's there's authority around that, which really helps. So uh, that's a huge part of what Simone is going to bring as she steps into this role. And was that a need that came out of the scale when you kind of sat down and went, okay, what do I do really well? What do I need? What, what does the team need to get to be better or was that you know how did that come about what was the thought process behind that yeah I mean this is a role I've wanted to have in place last three years to be honest because as we begin to scale bigger and bigger that's when I started to see the kind of need to bring dedication into this role just so we could manage it more effectively and we've seen that as well with other uh, companies like Intuit and Spotify and FX and all they've, they've all grown some of them have maybe one person managing design us but some have teams some have big teams of you know people who are, who are doing it but yeah, absolutely. There was definitely a need for it. There was, you know, there was um, challenges, I think, that were coming up from the scale of the team that we kind of need to get a handle on. And I think a lot of what Simone will do in, in, in stepping into this role will just help bring a bit of clarity, a bit of focus um, and a bit of glue around everything yeah. that we do. And what, what advice would you have for if there's someone out there working in a product design team where this role doesn't exist and they're starting to see, you know, cracks and maybe things being stretched in a way that could be optimised. What what would be the, the kind of key considerations that they should try and have an answer for to take back to their, their executive team? Yeah, I think number one is outlining what the role of design ops is. And um, one of the questions that came up when I was kind of going back to the exec team on it was, well, what's the difference between a design manager and a design ops manager? Is it not the same thing? Do they not do the same thing? But no, it's very different. So you have to be very clear and specific about mapping that out and, and helping them understand that. Um, and it kind of just worked out as well is that, you know, Simone had, had joined the team uh, like over a year ago now, isn't it? Mm, year and yeah, a year and a half. And when Simone joined the team, she started getting involved in a lot of the community of practice um, work that we were doing. And we've just seen so much progress in it and there's some like really, really fantastic work. So I think you have to as well understand the strengths that you have within your team and mm. the certain individuals that could potentially step in to lead design ops if you're not going to go external and maybe look at hiring into the team. Mm. Uh, so that is definitely one thing that's going to make that a little bit easier because it's not no new headcount as an example. Yeah. So you can leverage the existing team that you have in order to achieve that. Yeah. And it's important to, I think, know the team as well. Like I, yeah. when I came on board as a manager, like I was heading up the social and culture aspect of the team as well. So I have really good rapport with the team. Yeah. Um, it's like recruitment, hiring, interview, onboarding, like it's all those processes as well. So it's it's quite fast. Like there's a lot in it. Mm. Um, and it's like, like making sure the designers have that trust in you as well. Mm. So I remember when you announced the team, like everyone was like, when he was talking about that role, all I could think about was Simone. Yeah, it was funny because when I 
I did announce the team. Everybody just talked about Simone. It's like, oh, well, that was, you know, so it's a show. Everybody would be like, oh, shit. Yeah, it worked out okay. So, yeah. I, I, I want to get on to Design Fest as a concept, just, you know, for people to start thinking about, you know, their, their own orgs and how they might do something differently and harness creativity. But, like, to, to close out on the DevOps thing, like, a, a part the of... Design scale, ops. Sorry, design ops. Sorry. <laughs> You've just got a promotion <laughs> as well. <laughs> sorry. So, to... Uh, as with like in order to scale you have to systemize so what what's the system behind that I know you you talked about a design system so but like how is that different from how you've worked before and what, what value is that adding tell us a little bit about that yeah with a, with a design system in particular yeah so this is another thing that we've kind of started to build out I would say over the last year and a half um, and to be honest we're probably a little bit late to the party with building out a design system but it becomes a point you know, in any kind of software life cycles point where you have to start to bring consistency as you begin to scale. So obviously working with grown so much over the last number of years and so has our product and our product experience. But without it really established designs that's been in place, it's very hard to try and knit together and keep the consistency of the components, of the experience and everything together, especially when you have so many designers working on different parts of the application. So we've started to build out a really good design system and it's it's a journey, like it takes time to build it out. But I think we've done an incredible job in terms of where we are at the moment. And we're starting to see that proliferate, that consistency proliferate through the whole product experience now, which is which is fantastic. Is it harder to put a system in place when you're leaning into creative skills? Because the very nature of creativity is individual, right? So, you know, is, is that hard to, you know, to put guardrails in place without losing, you know, are people feeling like they're losing a sense of their, their creative freedom? That's a great question. I think yes is the answer. There is an element of that because, you know, with, with having a design system in place, you have to have a team responsible for that. And we do. We have a platform team uh, where there's three designers and they manage, they uh, they design out, they build, they work with other teams around their whole design system. Mm. So the way they govern, they govern what other teams are doing. So if one designer has been, you know, a little bit too creative, let's say, and they maybe need to rein it back a little bit, they'll discuss that and have a have a conversation. They're going to know who you're talking about now when they hear this. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, th no, that's really interesting because I guess, you know, system systemizing, scaling, processes you know that's you know the, the leaning into automation and consistency and that's that's the win back right so like you talked earlier um about the, you know the role of product designs promote the ideation and creativity and design not just in the design teams or in the engineering or product groups but beyond that into the business so you know we, we were in this thing called design fest you run it um it was i actually participated this year for the first time uh it was really enjoyable but tell us a little bit about how that zero came zero ideas came from you <laughs> zero idea. well we didn't win <laughs> we thought we'd win but we didn't i'll tell you about uh, once you don't bring up any of the pictures of me in the city costumes. <laughs> no we definitely <laughs> but just if there's people out there and and maybe they're working in a in a product design team and and perhaps not you know, getting the level of interaction or engagement or benefiting from innovation and creative ideas from people who are really close to the process, but not necessarily, you know, in, in a design function. Tell us about how that came about and what are the wins that you've gotten from that if, if people have, you know, want to I'd do simplify this for me. It's a hackathon for design, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's absolutely a hackathon for design, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It actually used to be called the Human Who X Hackathon and we changed it to Design Fest. Design Fest better. Just to rebrand For us non-work human people, I just need to... <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, that's it. So it really came about the whole idea of just kind of um, bringing together cross-functional groups in the organization to kind of show them what we do as a design team, but also to leverage the creativity of the organization to bring new ideas mm. to life. So the way it works is um, we we basically form about eight to 12 different groups within the organization, probably about eight people on each team. And each group is headed up by two product designers. And they lead 
the teams book one day and they do a full design sprint for the whole day. So they start with an idea or a concept. They go through ideation, sketching. They arrive at a kind of consensus and then they say, okay, well, this is what we're going to prototype. And then the designer or the designers on the team will work to the prototype for next maybe day or two. Mm. And then they'll present that back to the organization and back to the company. So everybody, all the exec team, um, everybody in the organization is on the call and you can see everybody in every group then presenting the ideas that they had. And generally it's geared around a team as well. Mm -hmm. So one of the teams was around surprise and delight. Right, so how do we bring surprise and delight into our product experience? What does that look like? Uh, and some of the ideas we got were phenomenal. It was really, really good. And some of what I spoke about around the internal mobility as well were people who participated yeah, within say, Design it's, Fest. It's, a, it's also a stealth internal mobility <laughs> yeah. and hiring yeah, team. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. People are on to me now. Yeah, yeah. they are yeah. definitely yeah. on to the you. next Design Fest? <laughs> yeah. So I have to give a shout out to Michelle Daly, uh, a lady I work with closely. So uh, her team one, she reminds me regularly. So we thought we had a great idea and then we saw the other ones. Uh, and it was just, it was really, really, really interesting that how, you know, people just solved that challenge in really, really different ways. So if, if people are out there and they don't have, a, you know, like a business engagement program for want of a, you know, a, to take all the creativity out of it, make it, you know, sound really boring, like that you sh they should really be thinking about how they access, you know, those creative ideas from other parts of the business, right? Absolutely. Yeah. What, what was your take on that? What did you? Yeah, people loved it, like any of the feedback. So I participated back um in the first one, I think that I was in in August um, and on my team, um, there was actually a woman on my team. And from that, she was in operations. She um, enjoyed it so much. She went and she studied in the UX Design Institute and then she came back and she did an internship with us. Um, she was allowed to do an internship for five weeks. Yeah. Um, so people absolutely loved it. It was, you know, being part of a group. So, you know, chatting together, like coming up with the ideas. People were really proud of their ideas yeah. and then actually presenting it in front of the like mm. the exec level yeah. Yeah. because the, the designers like do the prototype and that. But then, you know, everyone else in, in the group has to kind of present it back. And I think it's just it's a real buzz. Yeah, but you have a lot of people who don't work within technology. It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz effect revealing the curtain. It's an insight into how yeah. the te technology teams work. And it can be just so interesting as well for a lot of other organizations and groups and departments to kind of get But even simple frustrations of people within the business of saying, well, I'd love to see something like that a bit better. And that opportunity will always, you know, it doesn't matter if you're pushing spreadsheets all day or, you're do you know, whatever you're doing, if you have a fundamental like for the business or the product that you work in, you're going to try and get like really good ideas. So Absolutely. it makes, yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, that like people who are close to a process, that's where innovation happens. Like you have big bang innovation and it's great, but, it, you know, a thousand tiny innovations are better than one huge program. So, yeah, harnessing the ideas and creativity. A of lot people. cheaper as well. Yeah, a lot cheaper. <laughs> but also what, I, what was interesting for me is there was a lot of uh, new starters as well. So it was also a, a great induction for people to, to connect with people in, in cross-functional That's groups. a great show. I think almost yeah. half the people who we have participated this year were only in the company in the last 12 months, like, yeah. which is really cool. Uh, can I... You're both heavily involved in design UX. What's two years down the road? What like design product design wasn't even really talked about three years ago, say. So what would you see as the kind of next iteration of, of that department or of that role or, you know, even UX designers call themselves now product designers. They they even drop the UX or the UI side. They just want to be known as product people. What is the kind of next step or what, what should people be looking to do? 
you got that question on your list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I just like to point out, if you're doing it 10 years and it's only three years, that makes him an innovator. He's going to latch onto that like he's an early adopter. Well, I, what I will talk about though is that product design aspect of it in terms of shifting because we used to be called the UX team yeah. about five years ago. But there's a, a massive shift within obviously the industry uh, to think about product design. And one of the reasons around that is because I see product design as an umbrella term that encapsulates a lot of different design disciplines. Yeah. So UX, UI, research, even design ops now is folded into that within mm -hmm. our team. But as I said, like the thing with, the, with, with product design is it's that focus as well at the business level, not just from a UX and yeah. a user level. So that's why, and I think what's worked out really well for designers within WorkHuman is we haven't brought in specifics around UX and UI separation roles. It's kind of almost like a full stack designer in a way. Mm. You will have some who are way better at UX. You will have some that are stronger than UI. Mm. But you just look at the projects and the scope and where the needs are and you put the right individuals on that on yeah. that project and that's how you manage it. So for me, yes, product design is an overarching umbrella term for a lot of different design disciplines uh, that encapsulates the full design process. Uh, but is it like, should people be continuing really kind of tech heavy kind of background, not even like tech heavy, but like strong web design or web development mentality, bringing that into a design concept or will it become more design centric with less, obviously with say low code, no code type businesses, that designer mentality be more important, do you think? Yeah, I think like for myself, coming from a development background, you know, I, I coded for many years, I built lots of applications, um, but I think that definitely helps. And the reason why it helps is when you're within an embedded team uh, of developers and engineers and everything else, it's just easier to have conversations if you kind of know a little bit about, you know, coding and stuff, but it's not a deal breaker. I mean, yeah. in so, some teams that uh, designers might be working on, it may be not that important. Yeah. So it just depends on the context. And I think low code, no code is a great example because the the, the capabilities that I've seen in, in those yeah. applications are phenomenal. Uh, been able to actually build enterprise ready and enterprise grade solutions just like without, without a single line of code, uh, which, is, which is impressive. And coming from a design background, Simone, is, you, you, would you echo that or would you say kind of you look for more people with design aspects or what way do you look for at people's skills? Yeah, no, I think it's, yeah, as Jerry said, like it's kind of a mixture. So we do look at products as in like UX, UI, but, um, you know, as you said before, like some people are coming from a branding background, a creative agency background, so it's slightly different. Um, there are some designers who code, some don't. Um, and there's there's always lots of innovation going on. Like there's AI, like there's VR, AR spaces, like yeah. for design, like there's kind of so much opportunity yeah. now for a designer that like things like Design Fest really help where you can try and do something a little bit innovative. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's such a vast remit. Is the traditional kind of designer gone then? Is it like, you know, your graphic designer? Is that job not needed anymore that just kind of brings in or do you still need that kind of conceptual yeah, no, world? Yeah, I wouldn't say that. So yeah, we have like a branding designers on our team as well, a branding department. So, you know, for our products, like they would put the client branding on that mm -hmm. for a specific client. So there is still that element of creativity needed for sure. Like AI can't do everything and <laughs> you still need that yeah. human element. <laughs> no, I think that's that's a good way to close the circle. And, and thanks for sharing all this. And I think it, it's 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 a discipline that lends itself really well to the future, you know, uh, tech job families, you know, it's it's leaning into tools and technology, it's automating, it's no, low code, no code, but it's the human interaction, the human creativity, the human um, output that, you know, is uh, is the thing that can't be replaced. So I think for people looking at a future career in technology, this this is a, a place that I think is going to come in even stronger. Like. Yeah. And fundamentally for product designers, like 
we're there for the user like it's user experience that's what we're designing for great well look thanks for sharing um, thanks for your time yeah um, and you're doing great work keep it up <laughs> thanks. <laughs> see, you. see you thanks Emil thanks for Simone and Jared for joining us uh, today in Dublin Tech Talks um, product is, is, is super interesting and, and evolving as I said in podcasts for the last five years um, there is a you know work human itself is, is a very engaging product and, and the business model is very interesting but what what I took away most there is you know engaging the whole company within product and doing a product fest or an inspire fest around what your product team is certainly ask your company uh, about what they love uh, about the product maybe uh, a product hackathon within your own organization might come um, get some nice results for yourself if that was of interest uh, and you want to hear more please subscribe to our YouTube channel or listen to us on Spotify or Apple thanks a million